Welcome to Charmaine Wilson, the Australian Media Podcast. A good hello and um, welcome to my podcast where we are still reading Spirit Whispers. Um, uh, we've only got two chapters left, so this will be finished this week. And then we're going to go back to our normal stuff, okay, just for a while. But I just thought you guys might like to um, hear Spirit Whispers. But anyway, so we are up to Chapter 14, and this one's called Mother's Mates and the Medium. In May 2005, my mum came to watch a show at Ballina for the first time. I must admit that I was a little nervous with mum in the audience, but the show was a huge success I made time to go down the following July to do private readings. It was around this time that I hired Mandy, young Tash's mum. The very same Mandy that walked into my office, a broken woman after her young daughter had tragically drowned in a dam. It was funny the way that I came about hiring her. It started with one of my follow-up visits to see if Mandy was okay while visiting my mum in Stanthorpe. I was having a coffee with Mandy when her daughter came through. Mandy... The, job is going, the hospital is going to offer you a job in the office, I told her. And Mandy said, no way, I'm going to be a nurse. I said, no, that's funny. I told her because Tash just told me that you were actually going to be training for office work, which they will pay for. Mandy said, no way. The funny thing is, Tash said you were going to be working for me. Mandy exclaimed that, would not, that she would not leave Stanthorpe. Funny, I said, not entirely convinced myself at that stage because that is what Tash thinks. That was two years ago. Three months later, Mandy called. Well, it wasn't two years ago, actually. This was done in 2005, so it was a long time ago. Three months later, Mandy called. Guess what? They've offered me a job in the office at the hospital and they are paying for me to do a full administration course. Well, the rest is now history. And as it turns out, Mandy has an office in Stanthorpe where she does all that behind-scenes work for me. Who would have thought I did it and so did Tash? After that, it was off to Darwin, which I must say was an excellent experience. I love Darwin and its laid-back lifestyle. Even though it was a very hot climate, it seems that the town is permanent party mode. I've seen people walking down the street of Darwin with beers in their hands, almost like they're at some permanent barbecue. I met a family in Darwin who I consider to this day to be one of my, the most unlucky in the land. This poor family had lost their son in 2002 to a heart attack, their daughter in 2003 to cancer and their other son in 2004 to murder. All of these children were in their 20s. As you can imagine, it was a very sad and grief-stricken family. I was and am still amazed at the strength of this tragic family. And should they read this, please know that I wish them strength and love and sincerely hope for, um, sincerely hope for light in their lives. I only wish that I could have helped them a little more. It proved to me that no matter how bad things get in your life, there is always someone much, much worse off. After the Darwin trip, I was off to Cairns and this time I took a personal assistant, my mum. Mum had not been back to Cairns since 1977 and it was longing to have another look, so I took the opportunity to make this dream real. It was there that I met a woman called Margaret, whose sister had been involved in a murder-suicide years before in the Atherton Tablelands. It had been deemed a murder-suicide, but a lot of questions still remained. The reading was accurate in details, but the questions of whether or not it was suicide plagues me to this day. I feel a little differently now than I did during the actual reading and believe that a third party was involved. Life as a medium was proving to be frustrating when questions like this arose. Shortly after I came back from Cairns, I went to Ballina to do a private reading I had arranged. I met a, wo a woman called Kim and her lovely 
spirit daughter, Brooke. Kim has kindly allowed me to publish her story and her views on the reading. The reading of Kim Moore Evans on the 5th of July 2005. Brooke died tragically in a car accident on the 6th of July 2003. She was a passenger in the back seat of a car which lost control and crashed head on with a semi trailer. Everyone in the car died instantly, all at precisely the same time, and all of the same injuries a broken brain stern. The information was given to me by the coroner's report. From the time of losing Brooke, I have wanted to believe that she was with me in spirit, but until you have been shown proof, there was always doubt about the afterlife. Recently, my future husband and I were looking to uh, it for a venue to be married in. When I think Brooke tried to make contact for the first time, the feelings overcame me. I can't describe other to say it felt like Brooke led me by the hand to this wonderful spiritual place. This was the closest I had felt to her since losing her. As it turned out, the woman who owned the venue was a medium as well as a celebrant. We ended up being married there, but I didn't know if I was ready to try and contact Brooke just yet. A couple of months later, my boss Karen told me about a seminar being held by Charmaine at Ballina RSL, and we decided to go. We were amazed at what we heard and we decided to book a reading. From there, I was finally able to make contact with my beautiful girl once again. I believe that Brooke tried to make contact once but didn't succeed and then made it possible for Karen to see the advertisement in the paper, which led us to this reading. Brooke's reading, 5th of July, 2005. Charmaine, me. I'm getting a number through first, someone above you, a a smoker through first, a father figure. Kim, my ex-father-in-law, passed. Charmaine, he is saying that he has someone with him and is giving me a J initial. David, my mother's name was John, father's name was John and he is in spirit. Um, Charmaine, I'm now getting a pain in my head like a tumour stroke or car accident. They're all over the place and seem to be bustling to get in. They have no manners. Kim, I have someone who passed in a car accident. Um, is this like someone to your side, like a sister? Kim, no, it's my daughter. Oh, this might explain why I have so much confusion. She's wanting to come through. I have several energies who want the same thing. That would be why your father-in-law was telling me he had someone younger with him. She's telling me that there is a birthday right now, like her birthday, your birthday, or someone that is close. I mean, right now. And Kim, yes. She said to say happy birthday to them. It might be right now. It might be right now, though. Does that make sense? Kim said, it was my birthday in two days' time and, and, and her dad's birthday is today. She wishes to acknowledge the R name. Is that her dad? No, it's her uncle Russell. Please say hello to him. She's telling me that someone fell pregnant at the time she crossed her uncle. It's to do with her dad's son. She has given me a C or K name, a female, I think. Yes, that is Crystal. Is that her name? Because if that is the same as my daughter who also passed in an accident. No, that is the girl who fell pregnant. I really want to put the colour purple here, feel that your daughter, that's your daughter's colour. Yes. She's telling me there is a B name, like Brianna. No, it's a BR name. It would it be Brooke. That is her name. She's only a tiny girl, isn't she? Yes. She's only young, isn't she? Yes. She's little then. No, she's a teenager. She's just small framed. She gave a six. Is she 16? Yes. She is talking about shoes. Do you understand? Yes. Why am I thinking of caramel tarts right now? Because we used to get caramel rings from the cake shop. She indicates that you just got married. Yes. She says that there was that she was there in spirit. She tells me there was a blue colour at the wedding party. Yes, a blue-purple colour. She tells me you had a photo at the wedding. Yes. She has dark hair. Yes. She's discussing a tattoo. My other daughter has one. She indicates that the accident was alcohol or drug-related. Yes. 
She's telling me that no one got in trouble for the accident. Uh, they all passed over. She's telling me that there are two more beside her. Yes. She's telling me there was a young male who was driving with fair scruffy look. She seems to be keen on him. He's very protective of her. He has his arm around her. He's very tall, good looking but skinny. He was the one that was on drugs. She's given me an S name. Yes, his name is Stephen. He wants to say sorry. I want to forgive him but I can't. It takes a long time. This is not that long ago. She's given me a six. Is it six months or six years? Is it the sixth? It is the sixth of the month. She's given me a two now. It is two years tomorrow, the sixth. Oh, my God, your husband's birthday today, her anniversary tomorrow and your birthday the following day. Yes, I felt she wanted us back together and this is the way she could do it. She's telling me that you have journals. Yes, I have. She's telling me that she got in the wedding photo. She's telling me that she was not in school and that there was a reference to someone from school who was just given her some acknowledgement in the yearbook or something. Yes. She's given me the colour orange, like orange outfit. I can't imagine her in it. Maybe something you have. No way, not me or her. Josh nearly bought you an orange skirt today for your birthday. That was her husband chimed in. Did he? And you never knew that, Kim? No. That was her way, David, of letting you know that she likes you and was with you during the shopping today. She gives me the impression of being the fashion queen. She made her own fashion. I feel she was very game with fashion. Yes, she wore short skirts and Ugg boots before it was a fashion. And I told her she was not allowed to go out with me dressed like that. That is the fashion now, two years ahead. She wanted to prove a point here, that she was on the ball. She tells me she was born in April, so she's an Aries. What a beautiful child. Yes, she is. And that was the end of that reading. Around that time, I received the best news that I'd heard in a long time. My eldest daughter, my, my daughter, Molly, who at one time had never wanted to live with me again, asked if, if she could move back in. It seemed for the first time in six years that their father had taken my kids. They were really missing living with me. Perhaps my new outlook on life had slowly but surely brought back the mother they loved. I was no longer quick to judge or become angry. I had learned through the many books that spirit had directed me to on how to accept myself and understand the mistakes I had made were just that, mistakes. I was finally learning to love myself again and it's true that if you do not love yourself then others do not find it easy to do so. My boys had been saying for a long while they wanted to live with me, especially my youngest son, Jack. But he had always, he always had. To have my oldest um, actually state that she was moving in was perhaps one of the greatest moments of my life. It seemed the universe was smiling at me and that perhaps I was receiving another chance. Molly's return was also a big step for me as a mother getting back to the school routine and so on. My daughter was in grade 11 and was very capable, so I knew we could work it out. Jack also wanted to live with me, but his father flatly said no. It would have been difficult anyways. I did have a very heavy touring schedule coming up and an 11-year-old would need constant supervision. It was a happy time but been tinged with some sadness as I dearly would have loved to have both kids back. It was, however, how it worked out wonderfully with both kids appreciation, appreciating each other even more now they're only met up every two weeks. My daughter Molly is the one responsible for my website and I have done everything I can to help her on her way to becoming a web webmaster. With each step of the journey, the rewards were coming not only in my personal life <coughs> but also in my ability to help others connect with the children they had lost. Working with spirit is perhaps the ultimate way to receiving fulfilment in this life. 
It is to me anyhow. Of course it has its frustrations but ultimately if you do decide to embrace the universal way of life, it definitely pays off in rewards such as love, acceptance and happiness. It was with this newfound happiness that I walked into my next show, the Kiwana Water Surf Club. This was another girl in a million function and one we had to turn people away from. As we had sold way over the tickets that we, the seating allowed, I first laid eyes on my wonderful friend Peter that night. Yes, that's the name again. I remember seeing him sitting at about three rows back and the look on his face after each reading. He was the one who rode past me on the motorised pushbike at the end of the night calling out, Good night and thank you very much for the show. I had the chance to meet him in person a few weeks later at a private session. And what a night to remember. First off, I got a phone call from Mandy that she was laughing her head off. It seemed that Peter was incredibly late and she said he was beside himself. You see, Peter is a gay man and everything is done with flair and fluster. He turned up half an hour late. It seemed he had gone back to the surf club for his reading. As the taxi pulled up, I could see him wrapped in a scarf and a huge jacket. He had a big bunch of flowers to say sorry and was waving frantically from the cab window. I could not help but smile. He was the best. He air-kissed my cheek and exclaimed how sorry he was. Darling, would I ever forgive him? He was the first, the first gay man I've ever fallen in love with on the spot. I felt so warm in his presence. We sat down for the reading and his mother came through immediately. She was wonderful to work with and told me her name was Phyllis. She told me all about her son and how close they were. She told me how she had passed unexpectedly and how unhappy Peter was without her. She told me of his two little dogs, Gracie and Steffi, and how they were his kids. Peter had tears rolling down his cheeks. It was exactly what he needed. We both got so much out of that night and I'm very happy to say we both gained a friend for life. After that, it was back to Emerald and back to my good friends Gay and Vic. Now, there was a funny mix. Gay is one of the most spiritual people you could ever hope to meet. And Vic is a typical hard-working Australian male with, with little or no obvious spiritual beliefs. For some strange reason, he had taken a liking to me. He's happy to have me in his home every time I go to Emerald. Unfortunately, their oldest son, David, had taken his own life six years before. And while Vic works far too much to bury his pain, Gay meditates and reads everything she can on the afterlife. I had met her during a phone reading 12 months before and she invited me up to do some readings for her friends and had the first show of the year. Vic had actually let me read him at that time, decided that I was okay and to my absolute delight, greeted me upon my return with a kiss on the cheek and a hug. Gay has never stopped marvelling at the way he accepted me and my mumbo-jumbo. She feels it was a step in the right direction. I hope so. Once again, the show at Emerald was a big one and a great one. I also met Ben's friends and family and she was able to convince his mate that the spirit world did in fact exist. You may remember that Ben walked into the first Emerald reading in his spirit form with a slab of rum and cola on his shoulder. I love Emerald and will surely find myself back there in the future. I think these small country towns are places that often need the most healing. It was just after that time I went back to Bundaberg. A few days before I was due to leave, I received a phone call from a woman who was frantic about her brother. He had apparently not been seen for three weeks. He called his brother and told him he was going to end his own life. This often cruel word had got the better of him. I was not sure what to do, so I offered a phone reading for free, as it was an area I was unfamiliar with. The reading was a great one with all the other family members coming through. At the end of the reading, I had another spirit. It seemed to be the brother she was so worried about. I was able to describe him, his house, very accurately, the circumstances in, of the day in question during which he had disappeared. I was very upset as I did not want him to be in the reading. 
As it turned out, he was living in Gympie at the time. He disappeared and that was on my way to Bundaberg. I offered to drop by on my way and meet his sister there to see if I could get anything else. As I drove down the lonely country road that he lived in, I didn't need to be told which house as I recognised it immediately. It was exactly as I'd seen in my vision. My heart was pounding. It wasn't sure if I was ready for this. I had seen the TV program Sensing Murder and this seemed to be straight out of it. It was eerie. I, find, I met his family and we sat in this broke, poor broken man's house and talked. We went to the location that he described over the phone, the place his family knew he had gone to. We did not find him, but I left that place with such sadness that I cried the entire way to Bundaberg. I could feel that man's spirit with me in the house and I was overwhelmed with sadness. I'm not sure to this day if they found him as I've lost touch. I decided to stick with my work of only contacting spirits that people know have definitely passed. Okay, well, that's the end of Chapter 14. And we basically only have one chapter to go. So we are almost done. So anyway, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you're enjoying the book. I hope I haven't been too long in between. Either way, you can go back and listen to it again. Anyway, have a great day, won't you? She talks to angles. Oops, angels. <laughs> You'll come back now. <laughs> <laughs>